Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Jonathan and Kelly Show. Jonathan Rush. Initially... The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Kelly Nash. One of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. My memory is so bad I let you speak. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. Oh, my <laughs> Hello, South Carolina. This is Jonathan Rushers, Kelly Nash. That should do it. That, Joe, Bi- Joe Biden's very bad day. Very bad week. Thursday should have ended it uh, for the Democrats. They the good do- news for him is he can't remember what happened. So yeah. he's not sweating. Uh, no, he doesn't sweat anything. It's, you know, when you have a, one of these uh, mental cognitive problems, it doesn't Ugh. really uh, diminish your quality of life as much as it does those around you. So right now it's the Democrats that are in mourning after watching that spectacle on Thursday night. All right, we can get into more of that in segment three with Swamp Talk. I'm actually going to come to his defense on one issue. So that'll be a second. Jonathan Rush mm-hmm. defends Joseph Pops Robin Ed Biden. I am. I have to. Uh, we also have a salute to legislators, except they, for they, one. Yeah, they got it right. They did a great job. We're going to salute the South Carolina legislature here in segment four. Except for one. But in segment two, we're going to make a suggestion that we what, utilize lobbyists more to actually write the laws. I don't know. That's that's a problem. Can we hire an attorney firm to work with the General Assembly? We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. First, we had an opportunity this week to talk to U.S. Congressman Ralph Norman. Well, glad to be with you. Good morning. I was... Uh my brain is not as big as y'all's. And so I was trying to follow you and uh, Charles Payne the other day, talking about the metamaterials and the the stock and what's going on with the SEC and what exactly are you trying to get accomplished with this? Well, first of all, we had a young man call in that was basically in tears. He couldn't get any information. He had invested in an over-the-counter trade with metamaterials and their subsequent mergers, and he couldn't get answers from um, from anybody on why he can't trade his stock, and two, how many shares are left, and it was just a, a total stonewalling by the SEC and FINRA. FINRA is supposed to be the oversight committee formed by the, the SEC, and he couldn't he couldn't get anything. So we started a chain of letters to say, where is the stock? What um, What's the status of it? Why can't he trade it? And um, FINRA had issued a U3, which is just a stop trade order on the stock and with no explanation and it was the the timing was very interesting because they did it right before a merger took place and uh so we started asking questions we got a response and we sent a letter i think the mid-december of last year we put the date to respond on questions like you know why was a stop stop trade order issued why uh, give us some background, just general questions, and 
basically we gave them to January 31st of this year to reply. And on January 31st, FINRA uh, replied, which basically gave no answers. They couldn't do an audit. They couldn't really tell us anything. The Securities, Securities and Exchange Commission had to give the, give the responses. So we hadn't, they didn't respond. We finally got a letter late yesterday that was basically just words. And so, <laughs> and, and by, by the way, eight people have been indicted or have been charged with fraud in connection with this stock. Wow. And bottom line, the investors cannot trade it. They can't get their money out. They can't and get information, which is, that's the job of the SEC ultimately. So that's the bottom line. Also. You know, that seems to be a microcosm of what Americans are facing right now in a lot of different areas of their life. They feel like they can't get any straight answers. They listen to the news. They can't buy everything that their senator or maybe one of the uh, leaders in the House of the Senate is saying. Now they're finding out that even their representatives, like yourself, can't get straight answers. And it seems like the government keeps getting bigger and bigger and telling us things that we know aren't true because we live on the streets of America. Which brings me to the big question about the border. Will we have the debate? this week. I understand that everybody wants to see the border fixed, but suddenly if you're not bipartisan, that means you're not willing to agree with everything the Democrats want you to agree to them. I got a pretty good read on what's really in this bill. You got a definite read on it. And, you know, here's what we're facing. We've got a national security crisis that every Border Patrol agent, every FBI agent will acknowledge. And the letter that Chris Swikert and other border security folks sent to Biden and to every agency, the fight is now on our shores. What happened in Israel where you had people massacred, children burned alive, you have pregnant ladies shot in the stomach. I mean, that's what we're facing here in this country. The, the fact that this bill was ridiculous. I mean, it was Biden's attempt to say, I've tried to fix the border, we're going to need this bill. Let me tell you what this bill had in it. One, it had $36 million to provide attorneys for incompetent adults. Two, it had $2.3 million to build houses for them. You had people exempted. If they were from Mexico or Canada, you couldn't deport them. $1.4 billion for FEMA grants. And you get this, $933 million to import more illegals directly into the United States communities all over this country. The list goes on and on. So when people say you can't, you got to have bipartisanship, explain what that means to me. Well, I was going to say I mean, you had bipartisanship in the defeat of the bill, didn't you? You had Democrats joining you as well. At least on the Senate side they did, right? Bernie Sanders voted yeah. against it. Yeah, Bernie saw that it was going to be dead on arrival. And, and to credit Speaker Johnson, uh, we weren't even going to take it up because it's ridiculous. And this is just a messaging bill that Biden wanted to try to give him cover. I'm sorry. When Biden took office, he started dismantling everything President Trump had put in place. Remaining in Mexico, he took off. He stopped the wall. And 12 million and counting is in this country today and counting the terrorists that we have got a problem with. No, there is no bipartisanship. There is no debate. We're not going to take it up. And if it does come up, which I hope it won't, it'll be voted down pretty by at least all the Republicans. I want to ask you a little bit about some members not inside your body, but on the Senate side and realizing you have a better perspective than we do in watching the news. But when you hear Chuck Schumer come out and say about Mitch McConnell, that he and I worked very intimately together to come up with this border bill and you realize how bad it is for America, you start to come to the conclusion that, you know, maybe it's not just Joe Biden. Maybe there's a lot of politicians up there 
who are lining their pockets or otherwise benefiting in such a way that to see the country fall, which plainly we're headed in that direction without being too much of an alarmist, because a lot of people are already seeing this, not just me. And I'm talking about the guy down the street working at the burger shop. So it seems that it's gotten so far out of control now that they'll plainly come out and tell you on television, you know, if you listen to people, they'll tell you who they are. Well, they need to go. I mean, they not only are they age-wise not competent, they sold out. And I, I'm sorry, it's uh, and it's not. It doesn't seem that way. It is that way. I mean, look at the look at what they're doing. And to say bipartisanship, I mean, McConnell ought to be fighting for what this party stand or used to stand for is conservatism, right? Uh, free enterprise, uh, hard work, and they're you know. I, it's like having cancer and just denying it and taking an aspirin. I mean, I'm sick of it. And they need to be thrown out. Anybody that supported this bill on immigration, among many other things, ought to be thrown out, out voted out of office. Uh, and I realize they've got all the money and all that, but the country, we, where, if, if we lose America, where do we go? Tell me. Name me a country. There is no other country. Well, Congressman Ralph Norman, we're going to wrap things up here in a second. Uh, it is primary month here in South Carolina. You know, we already had the big Democrat one. I say big in air quotations. Uh, the Republican one is coming up. Uh, you came out early for Nikki Haley. Uh, any thoughts you'd like to share about her as uh, we move into uh, the, the time to vote? Yeah, I mean, I came out for Nikki, you know, 13 months ago. She can win the election. Everybody's saying she needs to get out. Get this, in January, she had the biggest fundraising month that she had, right at $16 million. Two things typically happen when people get out of races. Either their, their funds drop so they can't pay for the advertisement and get the message out, or two, they're just losing steam. Nikki Haley uh, started at 2% with 13 other people in the race. Now she's one of two. What's wrong with giving the American people the choice to choose? And you're not out until you fold your cards up. And she's not going to fold her cards up. She does not want to be VP. She's running this race to win. And to be honest with you, I think she will. Okay. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you for putting up the big fight. I think as Americans listen to this and, and reflect back on the things you've shared with us today, there certainly is now a litmus test to be an American. Given our economic downfall and our downfall of the border, those are the two biggest things facing American families. It's time to vote and time to let our voices be heard. Okay, now as a reminder, that interview was edited. We talked about a lot of different things. You can get all of that if you'd like to hear more on our podcast. You can link to that off of WVOC.com. Yep, and coming up next, the unfortunate case mm. of the South Carolina lawmakers not knowing how to write laws and what it's going to cost us next. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. Jonathan Rush. And now the CNN Trump Town Hall. Live from Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, our next question comes from someone who describes herself as a concerned South Carolina voter. Yes, hello. <laughs> my question is, why won't you debate Nikki Haley? Oh, my God, it's her. Kelly Nash. Okay, we have time for one more question, and it's actually for Ambassador Haley. What would you say was the main cause of the Civil War? Um, and do you think it starts with an S and ends with a lavery? <laughs> yep, I probably should have said that the first time. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. WVOC. Oh, that's how we started the week, Kelly. Remember yep. after Saturday night's appearance, little Nikki gave us a, a little, little laughter, a little kick Monday morning. Mm -hmm. All right, we don't know if she's going to be booked again.
Uh, now, hey, this is Jonathan Rushers, Kelly Nash. Thanks for being here, South Carolina. We'll get into a little bit of that coming up in segment three with Swamp Talk because we do have some Nikki news. Nikki news. Breaking Nikki news. That'll be coming up in segment three. We got another lawsuit, Kelly, and it is once again around our six-week abortion law. So now this law, which has got to be revisited again, apparently, if it plays out in the court system the way it probably will, was brought on by a lawsuit from a South Carolinian who says that the, the heart, I like the way this is written in the Post and Courier, the legal issue at the heart of the lawsuit is the point at which the law, officially titled the Fetal Heartbeat and Protection from Abortion Act, bans abortion. According to her and several other doctors, um, the fetal heartbeat defined as cardiac activity um, is not enough. What you actually need is a fully developed heart, which would come at around nine weeks. So when you called it the fetal heartbeat bill, uh, you needed to make it a nine-week abortion ban if you're going to use that phrase which this is one of the most asinine things that i've ever heard right did because we see democrats name things all kinds of stuff like the defend american borders bill or Who something could vote like against that. that you know the inflation reduction act Who could vote against that and and it does everything in defiance of the, the what they say they're <laughs> defending um but uh, again it's enough apparently that we're going to end up going back to court um, we remember uh, last year we ended up in front of our own Supreme Court, the South Carolina Supreme Court, where uh, the uh, one of the Supreme Court justices said you intended you probably intended mm-hmm. to ban abortion at six weeks, but you've walked yourself into a giant hole of ambiguity. <laughs> we really need a training course if for our legislators. If we put this on the tote board, how many times has this former bill, now law, been to the Supreme Court in the state of South Carolina? I don't know, but, you know, I, I'm like going to— a tennis match. Well, I would like to throw out an idea that this is a great conspiracy because we have often joked about how many—what the percentage of lawyers are that work at the state house. We've but, often heard that the lawyers in the General Assembly, House and Senate, will scoff at the members who are not lawyers. They don't know how to write laws. So these people— actually do know how to write a law, and they also know how to write a law to make sure that their cohorts get business. Mm. I want my, to make sure that the folks in the legal profession <laughs> are getting paid. So I'm going to write a law that will intentionally get us sued. That's the only way I can explain any of this. It would certainly, it would certainly be a logical conclusion that that's exactly what we're doing is generating more billable hours. That's what here. it's all about. Well, I got an idea. Can, well, can't we just take some uh, state money that we're spending to defend the lawsuits and get drugged to the state Supreme Court to actually just hire a law firm to write the laws? Because I know everyone over there seems to think, well, a lot of people would tell you that the lobbyists write the laws. They certainly do in D.C. Uh, if you read the border bill, which we can get into in segment three. But if you just count the number of times we've been to court with this, what did we forget to get an actual medical opinion? If you're going to call it the heartbeat bill, which is why the first admonishment was, if you want to make it a six-week bill, you, put, you should put a time limit on it. Well, but they did. They, they, they're saying that they're contradicting it inside right. the bill. So no, or inside the bill, which then became a law, they contradict themselves according to. Now, again, these are Planned Parenthood lawyers right. uh, that are representing a woman, uh, Taylor, what's her first name? I forget. But anyway, and of course, her 
story seems insane because she said she had to drive all the way to, I think it was Wilmington, North Carolina to get an abortion. I don't abortion. know why Wilmington. There's one right there. There's a Planned Parenthood just up the road in Charlotte. But uh, she said that the only possible solution was for me to drive all this way mm-hmm. and I had to spend the, spend the night. I'm sorry it was inconvenient to kill your baby, but it was. Riceville Beach loves, is lovely this time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Did you want a waterfront view right. while you're doing all that? I don't get why she had to drive all the way to Wilmington. Mm. But nonetheless, look, that's, and I realize abortion, and we've talked about this before, abortion is a very personal issue. So don't think for a second I'm scoffing at the situation itself. I'm not. I'm getting frustrated with the fact that we have literally beat a path to the state Supreme Court. Oh, wait a minute. Why do we have to hire a law firm, Kelly? We've already got lawyers on a state salary. Why don't we, and I realize this is going to be controversial, nearly as controversial as when I apologize for Joe Biden and actually take up for him in a minute. Why don't we, this one time, even though we have argued that justices can't legislate, why don't we allow them to legislate it? Just write it the way it should be written and send it back over like a third grade. Correct our work. Yeah, correct our work with red ink and send it back over so we can get it right and get this thing off the docket. That would be helpful. All right, we'll deal with Swamp Talk coming up in just a second. And just as soon as we admonish the legislators, we're going to give them all a big salute. Mm-hmm. Except for one. That'll be coming up in segment four. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. Jonathan Rush. That this was a moment where you had to show some big bipartisan momentum and progress on the border, or you would never, ever have the ability to try to rescue the undocumented Americans that desperately need help. Kelly Nash. And it has failed for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. There's your Connecticut boy right there telling you who's most important to the Democrat Party. Senator Murphy. He he said the quiet part out loud that they really value the he calls them undocumented Americans. These yeah. are people who identify as Americans. People who they care about most. Those the are, that's the ones he cares about most. And we have to rescue them. Yes. Um I guess they have begun transitioning into America mm. and becoming Americans, despite being born in China. Now if I start transitioning like if I'm in Peru, do I use the app? And then he sends me to the city of my choice. Yeah, we come in and we rescue you, mm-hmm. and we bring you to America, mm. and then we set you, you know, free in the wilds of New York. Well, there you have it. The people that the Democrats care about most in Washington, the undocumented Americans. We got to rescue them, no matter where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to send out SEAL Team Six to rescue them if need be. I, I wonder how many. I mean, I left Connecticut. I don't even know how many years ago it was now. I'm, I lived. I moved here from New York, which was even more insane. Uh, and that was, gosh, 2003. So over 20 years ago, I moved to South Carolina to escape some of the insanity. Mm-hmm. And it was nowhere near as insane then as it is now. I can't imagine living in Connecticut or the Northeast or any Democrat-run state and listening to my representative or my senator say the people we care about most are (laughs) undocumented Americans. You can get stoned right now on the south side of Chicago or in New York or, Lord, anywhere in Detroit. You're now saying, of course we have to close the schools down. These are the people we care about most. Mm-hmm. We don't care about your shelter. kids. We care about their kids. We care and, about them. Yes, and we have to. he would personally hand out prepaid cards that you could use while you, while you had to find temporary shelter. 
there used to be um, an assumed privilege of being born in the United States. Like, we mm-hmm. understood it. I That's remember right. it being taught to us in the 70s, and when you went to school, like, you are not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Like other people around the world. You're an American. You And that comes with responsibility and it comes with privileges. We have all the, the clean water we want. We have all yeah. the food that we can eat. We But we also defend democracy around the world. I think they actually threw around the word exceptional as well. American exceptionalism. And then Barack Obama, he gave a great speech taught knocking that down. (laughs) Kicked you right in the gonads (laughs) over that. Everybody's exceptional. Yeah, he kicked you off your high horse. Ask the Swedes. They're exceptional. And then had the horse stomp on (laughs) I mean, this this has been an attack on Americans nonstop from the Democratic Party. Well, let's just stick with the border bill before we get to the very bad day for Joe Biden. So, and we talked a little bit about this in segment one, but I want to go back and reiterate this. When Chuck Schumer said that he's been working very closely, very closely, he's very excited about the bipartisan efforts with Schumer and McConnell. Mm. At that point, you know, I realize, uh, or I understand, McConnell's um, ratings or his reviews in Connecticut, not so good right now. Okay. But I also know he's in office until like 2028. That's right. So, and this will just about wrap it up. This should do it. I don't know who's having a more mental resets right now. Is it Joe Biden or is it McConnell? I think Mitch McConnell is the exact same age as Joe Biden too, isn't he? I'm not sure of that. But nonetheless, they work very hard for this bipartisan bill, the one that Chris Murphy screams is your last opportunity for us to actually rescue the American the the persons that are most important, the undocumented Americans, no matter where they live on this planet. Like what about like the people in Afghanistan? We didn't we didn't care about those people. Mm. We just abandoned them at the airport. Yeah, plainly not. <laughs> what about the people that are being held political prisoner around mm. the world? We don't care about them. We no. don't gotta rescue them. We gotta rescue the mm. undocumented mm. Americans. Mm. 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 Good God. All right, so now the great debate continues with the border bill as the Senate is going to do everything they can to take the House bill and get shove it into conference somehow to come out with some kind of debacle that will help them advance all of the monies they want to spend as we continue to bring in as many people as possible. Now, we do put a limit on it now with this with this bill, depending on if uh, Mayorkas can actually count. I get a feeling we never hit 5,000. How many, how many came across yesterday? It's going to be Four, like 49.98. Yeah, 49.98. Missed it by just that much. Oh, be so tomorrow's another 5,000 person day tomorrow. So surge of the border, as Joe Biden told you. Surge of the border or use the app. 
uh, which apparently is working about as well as, um, uh, what was it, AffordableCareAct.gov? Oh, yeah, that the, thing yeah. kept crashing. That app is not working well. So we don't hold it against you. If the app doesn't work, just come on. We'll, we got, we'll leave the light on for you. Mm-hmm. We'll find a space. So that debacle, and Joe Biden told you every day between now and Election Day, he's going to remind you that the reason we don't have a secure border is because the Republicans, the MAGAs, won't show a spine. They won't show a backbone. I mean, let's just be, I, I mean, I'm, I was trying to think of a way to put this in, in like regular people talk. So when Joe Biden, if Joe, let's imagine it's January 1st and, and you're, an, you're whoever you are and you weigh the right amount, whatever your BMI is supposed to be. You weighed 200 pounds, you're six foot one. Okay. Perfect. Then you change the policy. Uh-huh. And you're suddenly three years later. You're 300 pounds. Okay. Could you revert back to the policy that got you to 200? Or then do you? I mean, because that's what Joe Biden is saying: is I don't have the authority to go on a diet. I don't have that authority. They took it away from me. Who could take anything from Joe Biden? Anybody who's anybody, you don't have to be in the House of Representatives in Washington and Columbia. You don't have to be. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. This is why you're seeing all the pushback now, particularly from African-American males who are bailing on the Joe Biden boat probably faster than any other segment of the American population. All you want to do is codify the bad executive orders you put in place. That's Mm -hmm. all you're trying to do. And then hamstring a future president. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why uh, Donald Trump said, don't sign it, don't go mm-hmm. for it. It's a bad bill that will hurt mm-hmm. all future presidents until we can override this thing. We can't fix that thing with an executive order like we can if I get back in. I can just re-implement, or Joe Biden can do it right now. Re- it's they, they like to portray it as Republicans want a disaster at the border to help Donald Trump get reelected. That's basically their campaign motto. But you created the disaster. You can fix the disaster. It wasn't a disaster in 2020 or 2019 or 2018. I mean, it sort of was a disaster under Barack Obama. You don't like to talk about that either. We cleaned it up. It was going great. And then you screwed everything up with your executive order on purpose. I understand that. And now you're acting as if we don't want to do your solution, quote mm-hmm. unquote, air quotes on the solution part, right. because it would actually fix things. That's not how Republicans think. That's how Democrats think. Democrats try to hurt the country in order to win elections. Now, Kelly will admonish me for listening to Joe Biden word for word, which Quite frankly, I have to, and sometimes I have to slow it down so I can understand the words he's trying to formulate with Mr. Tongue and Mr. Lips getting lazy on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's starting to sound more and more like Mitch McConnell. I mean, these guys mumble more than anything else. But when Joe Biden says he's going to remind you that Donald Trump and the MAGA Republican uh, are the reason why you had the border problem, and then he calls out the MAGA Republicans for not showing some spine. Well, aren't the MAGA Republicans the ones that are showing spine? Because the spineless Republicans like Langford are the ones that he's calling on. He's looking for the more moderates to come to the rescue and push the MAGAs out of the room. I mean, it's look, you're a drowning man trying to come up with a policy that would save you. Mm-hmm. And nobody thinks what you're doing is working. If you can figure out a way to blame your political enemy for that that's i you know that's politics that's the way it goes it's a really hard sell though to to say that it's it's you know the weakness of the republican party that has led to this when it's been democrat controlled 
And you, I mean, you legit campaigned in 2019 and 2020 on the idea of changing the border policy. That was one of your big promises made, promises kept. And you did it, and within the first 100 days, you signed 98, I think it is, executive orders in order to change border policy. And, you know... Again, the one that I say, if you just changed one, it would have a huge impact, is the remain in Mexico policy. If you just told anybody that we touched, okay, hey, you're here illegally, got it, we're going to have a thing for you in six years, Mm -hmm. you got to wait in Mexico. Now, if we get you coming back over, then we're going to send you all the way back to your homeland. But just to hang out in Mexico... We've already negotiated that with Mexico. Mexico understands that's, by the way, UN law. That it's, you can't go. You you can if you're seeking asylum, you can only go to the next country, the one that's free. Mexico right now free. You can go to Mexico, stay in Mexico. We'll get back to you if you want to become a U.S. citizen. Well, and apparently now they've given up on the fact they're going to get be able to get the border bill. Remember earlier in the week he said that he would veto a standalone support bill for Israel if you didn't tie. Those two, with the Ukraine together, then he would veto it. Well, now they're saying he would actually not veto a standalone bill, or at least that's rumored. Some news agencies are reporting it as news. I don't so know. So apparently they've given up on the border bill. During the um, the debacle that was Thursday night, which would some would call a campaign killer, the Thursday night fest, uh, he said that Gaza— uh, the response to Israel in Gaza was over the top, mm-hmm. which seems that seems to be heartfelt from him, that that he really does not appreciate the way Israel is defending itself and that he's one of those people. And again, there's a lot of Democrats that will talk about measured responses and measured responses don't make any sense. So if you come and kill 10 of my people, I come and kill 10 of your people. This is how you get into a quagmire. This is how things get elongated. The United States showed you what leadership looked like when we dropped an A-bomb. That was not a measured response. That was going to wipe out hundreds of thousands of people in order to make sure that you understood the war ends now. We don't want this thing to go on. If you want Israel to end the war, you let them go take care of their business in Gaza. And if you want a measured response, it would be appropriate in the situation. Let's go back and review again exactly what happened on the 7th of October, because that was pretty brutal. Which Israeli soldiers are going to volunteer to rape the Palestinian women? Are there some out here? I know it might be against your Jewish faith. Okay, now um, I will say, um, let's get into the Thursday night debacle. It was probably a good idea that they do have him come out. I mean, after the report that came out that said he was guilty, but we're not going to charge him because he's not mentally capable to stand trial. If after that you have to come out and you have to give the the writers on MSNBC and the New York Times, you have to give give them a little better headline to write than the one that's going to be presented if you don't come out. So you got to come out. Well, we record this on Friday morning, so I don't know. But for me, Must See TV will be uh, watching uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre try to explain this this afternoon. I don't know what she's going to say because up until now she's been able to hide behind it. It's only a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was a if I was in that department, I'm in the spin zone of the White House, I know that my guy can't talk after, say, five or six. When the sun goes down, mm-hmm. Joe Biden's like a reverse vampire. Mm-hmm. If the sun is down, he can't be out. And so I would have pre-recorded something that just said 
blankly. I'm I'm thankful that the uh, they did their work and they found me not guilty, and they already know that. I knew that, and the American people can have confidence in that. And just leave it at that. And then today, when the follow ups, now he's feeling fresh. He's got his fresh new shots in his arm. Sure. He's able to speak today. He could have done a little bit of spinning. But to have him go out there like that, I mean, he legit looked confused, tired, agitated, everything that you don't want him to look like if you're hoping he'll get reelected. You know, after he made his comments and he turned to walk off, I'm like, yep, that's it. We're putting a, we're putting a lid on it for the day. But then he turned and did, well, he actually said out loud, I'll take your questions. And at that moment, when everybody and their brothers started screaming, there had to be 50 or 60 reporters screaming questions at the same time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this. His staff just threw him under the bus. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Joe Biden take questions without a binder that he can reference to call on people that he can trust will ask a question, unlike Peter Ducey, who got the first question in last night. And you've never seen them really without a gaggle wrangler, as I will call a them. Gig- That's great. A gaggle wrangler would keep, you know, we got to keep calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. One question at a time. Okay, you, you know, at least kind of keep it. But they were overwhelming him. You could tell by looking at him, he was overwhelmed. And then that's when he started. That was the first mistake, taking questions. Yes. But then when he came back, because he was walking off, and I'm sure the staff members are like, okay, well, thank God he's going to get out of there. But when he went back and he started, did a face plant on the Mexico comment, mm. um, that's when it became clear to me, I think, that his staff threw him under the bus. Everybody now is off the Biden train except for Jill and Hunter. Well, it'll be very interesting. I mean, and maybe something will happen on Friday because, again, Friday morning now, we don't know what's happening. But I would not. I I used to say Joe Biden has to be the candidate. I don't feel like that anymore, although it gets very technically confusing and difficult to swap out a candidate at this late date. Um it's almost to the point where you can't see how he can run. Like, and Kamala Harris does not seem like a legit option. Well, they got to cut a deal. Let Kamala step in. If Joe would have to step down, Kamala would have to step in. She becomes the president for 30, 60 days. Okay. It's the same people running the show behind the scenes. We know that. Because you got to allow Gavin Newsom to step in. You can't try to run Kamala in a general, a general election. You've got to be able to get Newsom in there. But you can't just have Newsom. And she would have to say, I'm stepping down. But, I mean, w- w- okay, so we we had always thought it was going to be Gavin Newsom. But Gavin Newsom in the last 60 days has probably said 100 times or more that Joe Biden is the most competent, mentally sharp person he knows. Mm-hmm. You're not a very good judge of mental competency. How oh. can you lead the country when you keep saying this is True. the guy? Good point. I got you. Oh, I forgot to give my, um, I'm going to cover for Joe Biden. I didn't like the way people piled on about the rosary he has around his wrist. I think that he was just emotionally distraught at that moment. I don't think he forgot the name of the church where he got the rosary. You don't? No. How about the, the? <laughs> they said in the report, he didn't know if he was currently the vice president or not. Okay, well, that's written on the rosary. Just give him a check and read it. <laughs> we have to salute all the legislators in the state of South Carolina except for one. Next. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. Jonathan Rush. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump 
and his MAGA Republican friends. Kelly Nash. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. WVOC. Oh, and we'll have all week next week to celebrate that. We boiled it down to one. One issue Joe Biden can fit on an index card. What's that? Trump's bad? Yeah, every day (laughs) we're going to be reminded that the reason why the southern border is open is because of the Republicans. And the, the MAGA Republicans. I was going to say, because Donald Trump told them, don't fix it. Let it let it rock. <laughs> All right, so as we get ready to wrap it up for this week, thanks for being here, South Carolina. We do have to salute the South Carolina House. The House voted on Thursday of this week. And we've talked about this, I guess it was, what, almost a month ago now, um, about how our state unemployment benef- benefits are actually paid out. So the legislation that went through the House and will be heading over to the Senate actually ties the number of weeks that you can receive unemployment payments to the actual unemployment number across the state. And is it a comparison nationwide at all? No. No. Across the state. So that it could, like right now, you get up to 20 weeks of benefits. But that could could be cut back as the unemployment rate goes down. Yeah, well, it would come down right now. It, it, once it's implemented, right now we have a, a jobless rate of 3% mm-hmm. here in South Carolina. So, like you said, if I got laid off right now, I get 20 weeks of payments. But it goes down to 12 weeks now if it's enacted, which seems to make a lot more sense that, I, okay, I don't – because we have a problem with job participation rate in this state. And so if the unemployment rate stays below 5.5%, we're going to stay at 12 weeks. Then it goes up to 13 once you hit 5.5, goes to 14 at 6, and it just works its way up back to the 20 weeks, uh, depending on the unemployment rate. But we're trying to get people to go to work in this state, and it also doubles as a benefit because it lowers the amount of money that uh, employers have to pay out for their unemployment insurance. So it makes it more affordable to do business in the state, which mm-hmm. not only helps those businesses that are already here, but it will attract other businesses to want to work in our state. And there's good news for the taxpayers. According to the Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office, the legislation would reduce how much the state pays out by $34.6 million. So it saves the taxpayers money. You're right, it does save the businesses money. We're always trying to find a way, particularly in the Midlands, to make sure we're as business-friendly as possible. Now, this bill is going to move forward to the Senate. Now, Kelly, once again, what was the vote on this, by the way? It was unanimous. Really? Almost. Almost. Uh, almost. Missed it by one. Missed it by one person. Even Gilda Cobb-Hunter, who had been quoted in the uh, press recently as saying she didn't like it, it, it didn't take into account people living in rural communities, you can't do a statewide thing, you got to make it by county and all this sort of stuff. Even she voted for it. But the only one who didn't was a, uh, a, a I shouldn't say a young lady, she's a retired accountant, um, and her name is Annie E. McDaniel. Now, Annie E. McDaniel does represent a small part of Richland County. It's in the upper northeast area. Uh, Also, Chester and Fairfield counties. It's District 41. So if you are represented by Annie E. McDaniel, know that she's the only one who said we don't have (laughs) enough government. We need (laughs) more government all the time. Keep it coming. She's sticking by her guns. 
<laughs> you swing by our campaign office, you can pick up some the more government all the time bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. Those, <laughs> again, with quoting the sign on the other store in Forest Acres, the supply of government has outgrown the demand. Not for Annie. Not for Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend, South Carolina. We'll talk to you after Super Bowl Sunday with more rash thoughts coming up on WVOC. Here's a thought. Bye-bye. All right, that's it for me. We're good, everybody. The Jonathan and Kelly Show, WVOC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.